Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Explore. Awesome. Yeah, okay, the music isn't going to start. Great. Okay, so hello, everyone, and welcome to Exploring Awesome. I am Jim Kellner. Each week, uh, week-ish, I explore tips, tricks, and strategies to help you and me live a more awesome life. Today, helping us to live a more awesome life, I've got speaker and author, Gina Hatsis. Hi, Gina. Hey, how you doing? Good to be here. Good, and uh, just to let everybody know, I, there's always a little bit of a delay, but there's an even bigger delay probably because we're in separate countries. We're international today. Uh, Gina is uh, calling in from Canada, and I hope I said your name right. So, Gina, um, before I go on, will you give people kind of a, a, your, uh, your background, your, your story, you know, your, your brief bio, if you want, which you'll also find here um, at the, uh, on the show notes at Blog Talk Radio. Dot com slash exploring awesome. Go ahead, Gina. Hey. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, okay, what about me? Um, I'm a recovering journalist. <laughs> I started off my career in the field of journalism. Mm-hmm. I thought that I had landed my dream job right out of the gates and quickly learned it wasn't the energy that I was intended to bring into the world. And when I left that field, um, I didn't know what to do with myself because I had put all my eggs in that basket. So I did the only thing I knew how to do, which was to research. And I started to research, what do I want to be when I grow up? And uh, that took me on a beautiful journey of personal development, which evolved into um, speaking. And, And really the reason is because as I started to learn more about myself, Um, everybody started saying, well, what are you doing? Can you show me? Can you teach me? So I started off really in my basement. I started doing monthly workshops just for free. I said, you know, bring food and I'll talk. And it evolved into a business and a Mm -hmm. 22-year speaking career. I've been speaking uh, globally, both corporately, publicly for over 20 years now. And Really, I, I don't consider myself an expert. I, I don't come from an expert paradigm. I come from an educator uh, paradigm. And um, what I'm really about is sharing my journey and giving people opportunity to figure out for themselves what's true for them. So that's, that's been the trajectory that I've been on for the past uh, over 20 years. That's it in a nutshell. That's the, sh- that's the short version. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. That's great. So um, I want to uh, let everyone know, if you'd like to call in and talk with Gina, you can call in uh, live. It's um, it's 11 a.m. Pacific on December something, Wednesday, December. It's 12, uh, yeah. 11, 12, something like that. Anyway, if you want to call in, the 12, okay. If you want to call in uh, live, you can uh, you can reach Gina at 323-323. Six four two one two two eight. Again, that's three two three six four two one two two eight. Give us a call. Talk to Gina. Otherwise, um, you can watch listen to the archive version at any time. So I was really excited. You know, I was I was uh, I was looking over your website and everything, and I see that you are actually you've launched this movement called the Too Much Woman um, with a, a video you did, which I got to say, go check out this video. Um, head over to Gina's website. It's uh, GinaHatzis.com, uh, G-I-N-A-H-A-T-Z-I-S. 
and um, you'll find a link. I'm guessing you'll find a link to the, the video. If not, she'll tell us where to find it. Uh, it's on YouTube. You can also search on YouTube. It'll pop right up. So she does this. Um, it's a very, it's got a great message, and it's presented really well. It's kind of a spoken word type of a thing. Uh, can you tell us about the, the evolution of this and how this is going? I understand you've gotten just millions and millions of views on that. Yeah. You know what? It's so funny because I'm a recovering, uh, not only a recovering journalist, but a recovering type A perfectionist and control freak. I mapped out my whole life probably from the age of five. And I have this vision for my life, but the most extraordinary things in my life that have happened to me have happened, I want to say accidentally. Of course, I don't really believe anything's an accident. It's all synchronistic. But this speech was actually not planned. Uh, although I've been speaking for 23 years, um, this speech was not something that I ever intended to put out to the masses. In fact, uh, never intended it to go on social media and for millions and millions of people to, to watch it. Um, it was a speech I was actually asked to compete in a local speaking competition here in Toronto, Canada. And this is a couple months ago. And I have never been in a speaking competition in my life. I speak, it's my craft, it's my business. And, um, and I don't know, Jim, why I said yes. I just had a, a flash of inspiration. I said yes, and I competed in this competition. And the funny thing is, I write speeches for a living, but um, I, I quickly whipped up a speech for this competition. And then about three days before the actual event, I had like this little, it's almost like a hot flash. I don't know how to describe it. This little voice that said, there's something else that, that you need to say. And I rewrote that that speech, and I wrote the Too Much Woman speech that has now gone viral. But the speech really was for me. Like, I didn't know anybody at this competition. I thought it was going to be like 30 people in a, in a little bar. I didn't know what would happen. And I just really spoke the truth because as a public figure, I rarely get the opportunity to really bear my soul. And I thought, well, here's, here's a place I don't know anybody. It's going to be 30 people. I'm going to just say something and tell a story I've never told before. And what happened after that, not only did I win the competition, but some, they had recorded the video, they put it on social media, and my life is unrecognizable uh, since it's been posted. And the Too Much Woman speech is a story I thought was so personal, but apparently it's resonated so much so that there's thousands of people who are now part of the movement, and the movement is global. It's actually taking me on a global tour um, and it's very exciting because it was never something that I intended, but it's something that we are ready for as a collective. I hear from men as well as women. I hear from people across the spectrum who resonate with the Too Much Woman story. And it's, it's really about the Too Much Woman story is really about not dimming. I spent my whole life being very careful to fit into boxes, to um, do the right thing, be the good girl, to dim everything about me so that I would be loved and accepted. I think that's what we all want. And my story in the speech is about the repercussions of that and, um, you know, playing small, dimming down, and not fully being myself and deciding once and for all that I was not going to do that any longer. And I, I, it, what I'm hearing over the, the past couple of months now are just literally tens of thousands of messages of people saying, that's me too. I'm no longer going to dim. And so it's very exciting to have the world echoing back um, your truth. And that's, 
that's really what the movement is about for me. Hi, Gina. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, yes, I I got disconnected. So, uh, sorry folks. Oh no. Um, (laughs) I hope that you had lots to to talk about while I was gone. (laughs) I'm thinking this is quite the delay. I mean, I'm not in Alaska here. I'm just in Toronto, Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm back everybody. So, um, I think I I, I, uh, I may have missed some stuff there, but I'm going to assume that you told people what the uh, what the core message is there, right? Mm-hmm. I I did. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for rolling with it. I appreciate that. Everyone who's listening, uh, uh, thank you for your uh, patience. I do want to let you know you are listening to Exploring Awesome, and um, and if you'd like to call in, you can call in. Talk to Gina three two three six four two. One two two eight. Love to have you uh, have you join us. And so, uh, you know, the other thing I want to talk about is you've got a book coming out. Uh, well, actually, before that, you actually have some. Uh, I'm in I'm in Arizona right now, and I understand that you're going to be speaking here in Arizona in January. Is that right? Yeah, I'm so excited. So the 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 onslaught of the the movement. What's happened is I had all of these people saying, "This is me too. This is me too. This is me too." And so. Um, uh, all over the world, uh, women and and some men have actually reached out and said, you know, how can we how can we be part of this? And I think you know, community is such a huge part of living your truth. If anybody's ever wanted to do anything really scary, um, you know, it's really you can have moments of inspiration, but at the end of the day, to have a tribe, and the tribe could be one person, it could be ten people, but to have a tribe of people who hold you not only accountable but hold a space for you when you do something scary is really pivotal. So um, what the movement is about is it's a gathering of people, actually touring in 2019, and I'm going to meet people who are part of the movement in pockets around the world. And so we're starting in North America. It launches in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, January 18th and 18th and 19th. I'll be doing some VIP sessions and workshops. And uh, hopefully we can put the link somewhere so people can come on out. But it's really an opportunity for people who are local to come together to find some tribe and to really decide, you know, is this your year that you are ready to step fully into uh, your purpose, into what's true for you, into what gets you excited? Are you finally ready? And, you know, I think the resounding response across the globe is, I'm finally ready. I'm finally ready. And so um, that's what's happening in, in January. We're launching in Phoenix, and I'm, I'm so excited. I have the most extraordinary hosts out there, and we're planning a stellar event. So if anybody's curious, reach out to me, and I'd love to, to meet you there. Yeah, that's awesome. I know uh, Renee Hayes was really instrumental in, uh, in uh, setting, this, uh, setting this interview up, and I appreciate yes. that if she's listening. Uh, also, if you're listening out there – I. I have a terrible connection, and I don't know if, uh, if, if this is going to show up in the, in the podcast, so if it does, I apologize, everyone. Um, I hope you're getting, uh, getting a good message here. But now, back to the end. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sort of excited about the title of your book. Uh, um, <laughs> it makes a lot of men v- 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 clumps. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so the working title is Finding My Spiritual G-Spot. What is that about, and do I have a spiritual G-Spot? Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I, so everybody calls me G. My name's Gina, but everybody calls me G. And so um, uh-huh. it started off as, you know, my G-Spot was kind of a play on words. But what it really was for me was, um, and I don't know if it's an age thing, but certainly when I turned around 40, I came to a place where I realized that I had been playing so carefully by everyone else's rules. And I think so many people come to a point where you get to, it's either a midlife crisis or a midlife crossroads. It's like, which road am I going to take? Am I going to be bitter for the rest of my life that I'm not doing the thing or where I'm supposed to be or finding the love? Like, what is that thing? Am I going to be bitter or am I actually going to do something about it? And I hit that place. You know, I was bumping along pretty good, and my life is pretty enviable if you look at it from the outside. But inside, I was really unhappy. And so finding my spiritual G-spot was really about reclaiming for myself um, this mystical place, like this G-spot, does it even exist? And what it represents for me is the source of pleasure. It is the source of who I truly am, which is really about living from a place of joy and pleasure. That's what this G-spot represents but it's nothing outside of me. You know, I've had so much success, external success in my life. I have the house, I have the kids, I have the, the dream you know, job, I travel around the world, I speak for a living, I get lots of love, um, I have followers, you know, all these external markers that don't bring me joy and pleasure. They're wonderful, they're lovely, I can celebrate them, but at the end of the day, if I'm unhappy inside, you know, in within myself, then nothing outside of me is going to really connect or land. I'm going to always feel unworthy. I'm going to always feel, um, you know, I I will self-destruct in some ways. I will push it away. It'll just never be enough. It's like a tapeworm. You know, you just keep, you're hungry for it constantly. And I think we're trained to look outside of ourselves for affirmation and love but really it has to begin within. So spiritual G-spot is about connecting to that place inside of you where pleasure really resides. And then from that place, um, finding love, if that's what you want, uh, creating um, a business or a book or a piece of art or a child or uh, you know a home or whatever it is that you want to create. But it really has to begin from that place. And... Um, for me, it was it was a it was a few years of a process. I'm still in the process. I mean, let's be honest, Jim. I don't think any. I think when you're done, you're dead, right? So I'm I'm still <laughs> on the journey to finding my right. spiritual G spot. It's like it's a daily revisiting and saying what makes me feel good, not what what should I be doing. You know, don't just write the book because they say you should be writing a book. Don't just do the thing because that's what you should be doing. Don't just get married because they say that's what you know. Check the boxes but really connecting and letting pleasure lead my life. And pleasure for me means whatever feels in alignment, and that's the spiritual part, like in alignment with with what's true for Gina. And what's true for Gina is going to be different for Jim, than different from, you know, Renee, than different from Bob. But we all get to choose. And um, that's what finding my spiritual G-spot is about. It's about the journey of choosing and reclaiming for myself what my life should look like and not having shame about it. And that's where the good girl paradigm comes in. You know, I have, 
I always thought that being a good person was the highest aspiration for my life, doing good things, being a good person, being the martyr, taking care of everyone. And while that's really admirable and that's lovely and there's nothing wrong with that, if I prioritize it over what's true for me, if I prioritize other people's wants over what I want, then um, there are repercussions for that. You know, we, we do things from resentment. We feel depleted. We're exhausted. We get sick. Um, our relationships crumble. Our, everything crumbles. And so I'm really committed uh, in this movement and in my work to reclaim for myself and dare people to reclaim for themselves um, their spiritual G-spot. They're coming from that place that begins with you and then serving from that place. Um, that's really what my what my work is about and my message is about. That's awesome. Can you give um, can you give me uh, an example of some of the maybe just two or three things that that maybe your clients or people that have come to your to your your workshops or whatever um, yes. have uh, have experienced? Yes, yeah, some examples. Yeah, of of what people have experienced. With 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 with, with uh, you know with the work that you do with you helping them through this or attending the workshop or yeah. in your you know one on one coaching or something like that. Yeah, well, one of the things that I challenge people to do is to prioritize pleasure, and so um, you know we we do these challenges where I say, what if every single day, the most important thing that you did, the most important thing on your to do list, or the very first thing that you did in the morning was to prioritize your pleasure. Usually mm-hmm. what we do, what, I, what I've done, is I, I will like, get really busy in the day. I wake up, I have two uh, preteens, so I make them lunch, get them off to school, you know, tidy up a little bit, then I do some work, then I'm serving my clients, then I'm making dinner, then I, you know, I'm just constantly giving. And at the end of the day, I say to myself, I will reward you, Gina, with a bubble bath, you know, with, a glass of wine with five minutes. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes at the end of the day, I'm either too exhausted or I don't have time for that, Mm -hmm. or I just lose, lose momentum and it gets, it gets bumped. And so what I started to do and what I challenged my, my clients to do is to prioritize pleasure as if it was the most important part of your day. And so what I flipped for myself is starting to look at what can I do in the morning to get myself into a place where I'm in a state of pure ecstasy and pleasure. And that's going to be different for everyone. So for me, I started taking bubble baths in the morning because that's something that really relaxes me. I put some music on. I feel good. Um, and my mm-hmm. kids would come in and say, Mom, what, do you, what the heck are you doing? It's like <laughs> 7 in the morning, you're taking a bath? Like, are you, are you okay? And it just, it, it really just sets a different tone. Or for me, I love to dance. So I'll blast some music, some of my favorite music, and it will – instantly lift me up in the morning and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll dance or sometimes for me, like my favorite thing to do is in in Toronto anyways, we love our coffee. And so my favorite thing is my first couple sips of a hot coffee. And instead of, you know, in the past I would, you know, take my sips while I was, you know, getting the kids lunches ready and I'd be rushed around and getting them to the bus. But now what I do is I get up a couple minutes early, I make my coffee and I sit by my favorite window and I just mm. indulge. I let the coffee just like, it's like a sensual moment. I actually let it just, you know, play in my mouth and slide down my throat. And I'm so in the moment of that pleasure. 
And then after I've filled myself up in some way, then I go out and I make the lunches or I make the calls or I do the thing, but I've already filled myself up. And what happens to my clients, to myself, the feedback that I get from other people is that we serve them from a different energy. Like we, we show up differently because we're full already. We're not depleted. We're not rushed. We're not exhausted. We're not on this hamster wheel. We're full. And it, it just it impacts the work that I do. It impacts how I relate to my kids. It impacts my customers. It's just a different way. So I always challenge people to prioritize pleasure. Just try it for a week and see how that shifts how you show up for people, how you show up for yourself when you put priority as, at the top of your to-do list. I got to say that that description of the copy sounded just amazing because I know for myself, yeah. you know, I sort of, uh, I am kind of slurping down the coffee as I scroll Facebook and check the email and stuff yep. like that. So, um, and I love coffee, you know, good coffee. And, yeah, I'm not yeah. enjoying it. And I, and I was just thinking, wow, wouldn't that just be amazing to just go, you know, it's warm enough here. I'm in Arizona right now. I could sit outside for a few minutes, you know, five minutes or something yeah. and just really enjoy that coffee and love that idea. Wow. Yeah, make it a sacred time for you. And whatever that means for you, I mean, you could, you could some people are, get really into it. They want to put music on or light a candle. It doesn't matter what it is. You've got to figure out your thing. For some people, it's reading something inspiring. But give yourself at the, the beginning of the day, a gift. Like fill yourself up, whatever that is. And um, it, it really sets you off in a, in a different direction. Well, and I love that too, that, that, that beginning of the day, because uh, like you say, I mean, things get in the way. And this is what I've, you know, when I, when I started making real shifts in my life was when I started, you know, blocking out time and getting up earlier just so I could get those things that I really felt were important then, whether it's exercise, meditation, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it didn't occur to me to have a little pleasure in there too. I mean, that's, I love that idea. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm adding it to my new morning routine. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So uh, let's see here. So um, if we were going to, if we were going to, um, I say this, I think that for, and this, uh, I don't even know if you can, you can help with this or not, but I, you know, I think for a lot of people, we get in such a rut that we don't even we don't even know what brings us pleasure anymore. And I, I'll be honest with you, so mm-hmm. every time I hear pleasure, I just think sex. That's all. I mean, I, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, and I and I and I wonder if there's other people out there. And so you're talking about this coffee. Do you have other examples of things that, that maybe your clients have discovered that they that they really enjoy? And here's the thing: I think as adults, sometimes we kind of lose track of what we really really enjoy. And I just wonder oh, if yeah. you know. You could throw out a few things that, that either your clients have or, or just other ideas about things that people might enjoy uh, getting some pleasure from and see if that just kind of clicks for some people. You know, it's so funny because when I do an in-depth workshop, people are stumped when I ask that question, what brings you joy or what brings you pleasure? They're like deer in a the headlight. They're like, uh, time <laughs> with I, my kids, yeah. uh, going on vacation, <laughs> right. uh, you know, or sex, right? Which, and there's nothing wrong with yeah. any of those things, but you're so right. You know, if you ask a kid, you know, what's fun for you? I mean, they have no yeah. problem telling you what's fun for them, yeah. right? They want to jump, <laughs> they want to play, yeah. they want to build, they want to bounce off the couch. But we are so disconnected because we're so focused on getting the stuff done. And 
Um, mm. So I, the way that I like to treat it, you know, sometimes I say to people, okay, so your first job then is to decide to figure out what brings you pleasure. And then I hear this collective groan like, Oh, another job. Now I've got to figure out, right? But let's make it fun. Like, what if you spent the rest of December or the first month of January as a pleasure detective? Like, you know, I say to people, like, think about all of your senses. If you love food, let's say you love chocolate, go to a chocolate store somewhere that has some good quality chocolate and get a sample of, like, five or ten different kinds, like try white, try hazelnut, caramel crunch, like just get a variety, you know, dark, whatever, and, and put a, do a little test, like explore what kind of flowers do you really love, what kind of wine, what, even different kinds of coffee. I mean, be a pleasure detective. What kind of music really turns you on? You know, maybe try something new. I think we get so stuck in adulting and it becomes so freaking serious like let's have a little fun and and put some play into rediscovering yourself and what brings you joy um belly dancing was a new thing for me it was like holy shit i I hadn't pardon my french i had no idea that this would bring (laughs) me such immense pleasure i knew i loved to dance but you know it's like let's let's play a little try stretch yourself maybe take a paint class or an art class or you know, take a walk in the woods and, and, and whistle. Um, I think we get so stuck. You know, 90% of our life is run by habit. By the time we're 35 mm-hmm. years old, 90% of our thoughts and our actions from yesterday are the same as tomorrow. And so we are so stuck in like this groove of doing the same things over and over that we don't leave any room for the magic and the majesty of life to surprise us. And so if we could off-road a little bit, and get curious and just make it our mission to figure out what brings me joy. What, you know, I cook meals based around what my kids will eat. And I stopped asking myself, what do I like? Like, what do I want to, what does my palate crave? And so I started to give myself permission to explore with my senses, my taste, my sounds in terms of music, my sights, like going to see different things, museums and explore so I could start to get an appreciation for things that actually bring me joy. And that in and of itself, that exploration in and of itself became exciting for me because I started to feel, it's like, it's like when you fall in love with someone and you want to know everything about them and you're like, tell me, tell me, what's like your favorite food? You know, what's your favorite movie? Mm -hmm. What's your favorite kind of music? You know, you're so curious. Well, can't we do that with ourselves? Make it a mission to, to fall, it sounds so cliche, but to fall back in love with yourself, rediscover, reconnect with the juiciness of you. And I will tell you, an interesting thing happens when you do that is you start to magnetize people and opportunity and things you didn't even dream that you can magnetize because you are so radiant with, with yourself, with loving yourself. And it it really does happen that way. And that's really what shifted has shifted in, in my life is I, I started to really focus on what lights me up and it started like a moth to a flame, started to draw in all these op- magical opportunities that I was chasing before. Mm-hmm. They started to magnetize to me because I was radiant. You know, you want to be around someone who it feels so, they're glowing, right? And that comes from inside. It doesn't come from 
out there. So that's really been my, my, my mandate or my mantra. Yeah, and, you know, I love that. You know, so many of those things that you mentioned, uh, you know, that uh, people could find pleasure in uh, are active uh, recreation type things instead of, you know, I, I think far too many of us are, you know, finding our pleasure in in the passive stuff, watching TV and things like that, which um, doesn't contribute um, to our overall joy as, as much as those kind of active things that we do. And I love the idea of the chocolate shop. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> um, looks like someone just called in and then hung up, so we missed them. But, uh, Gina, I want to thank you. This has been a really awesome conversation. I can't wait to try this out tomorrow morning with my coffee. So thank you for being cool. on the show. Uh, my folks, pleasure. Thanks for having uh, me. Great. I'm glad I could add some pleasure there. <laughs> yeah, there um, you go. <laughs> so, um, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. Sorry for the uh, technical difficulties. Uh, each uh, sort of every week, possibly, when I'm uh, traveling, it gets a little more tough, especially since I can't seem to tell time. But, hey, take care, everyone. Be well. Be awesome.